to the night before Christmas. We're That's the all best way the house. to describe it. Not a creature was, was stirring. Not even a penguin. Well, actually, they are because they just kicked the shit out of Tampa. They did. They did. The they kicked the shit out of Jeff Carter. Welcome, everyone, to the most exciting Fly Guys podcast episode we have had in quite some time. Cameron, and why yeah. is it the most exciting episode? Because the Philadelphia Flyers are going to be playing in a regular season hockey game in about 24 hours from now as they will be at home against the Vancouver Canucks. And you know what, Cameron? All expectations aside, and we'll get into it, it just feels good that tomorrow I'm going to sit down on my couch and watch some Flyers hockey for real. Yeah, it is cool. It's I'm glad you did the Christmas analogy because um, that's like the best. I was driving today, um, and I was thinking to myself how, you know, you just, when I was a kid, and even now, because I love Christmas, I'm a big Christmas guy, you count down the days. And you keep thinking to yourself, like, even when it's like three days before Christmas, you think to yourself, like, oh, my God. Like it's it's still it's th- that's so long seventy two hours is so long and then before a note it's it's there and you kind of can't believe that it's here and that's exactly how I feel right now uh, tomorrow night we're gonna be watching regular season Flyers hockey now what sucks is we're not exactly gonna get the full lineup we want to see Ristolainen right. is not playing no Rasmus Ristolainen and against a team like the Vancouver Canucks who can be a chippy team yeah you, you wish you could have a guy like that yeah Kevin Hayes obviously is not playing we already kind of knew that. But uh, and that sucks too. But he'll be there. He'll be back. So the earliest that Kevin Hayes can return would be on November tenth. Yeah. Uh, whether that'll happen or not, you know, we'll see. Hopefully it does. But I'm not going to uh, talk about that right now. But really, dude, we're just. I'm just excited. Tomorrow's the regular season. We had some hockey action already. Tampa Bay getting taken down early in their season opener against the Pittsburgh Penguins, as we already mentioned. The Seattle Kraken opened up their franchise with a 43 loss against the yep. Vegas Golden Knights. Dave Haxtell, shots from the point and shots from the side that are just guaranteed to not go in. Classic. Oh, gosh. Classic. Class- However, that game did annoy me a little bit. Um, I understand the no, the no kicking thing. I get it. There's no distinct kicking motion. Uh-huh. I think, however... Uh, that rule should be changed in terms of if it's obvious that they're using their skate to impact a goal at all in terms of angling it to deflect off of your skate and into the net. That's bullshit. So you be- you believe that it should not just be the kicking motion, that if they're using their skate to glide it in... You, yeah, what is he supposed to do? Look like he's kicking off a field... like, like, like a kickoff? Well, actually... Because like, very clearly, he angled his skate. He did, but that, but hey, he's only doing what the rule allows him to do. And I don't, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't like the rule. So you think that it should, if the, if any, if it goes in off the skate at all... No, 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 if it goes off, if it's, if it's just by accident, if it bounces off the skate, goes in, whatever. But if you can clearly see that somebody changes the angle of their skate in order for it to deflect off of, as if they were doing it with their stick, that's bullshit. I feel about that because I've always thought it to be kind of an art form to be able to keep your legs so straight and so stiff that you're not. You know what else th- is an art form? Tax evasion. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's how I feel about that. I won't accept it. It's it's <laughs> bullshit. An art form. Well, unfortunately, Art Decider is no longer on Twitter, so we can't even ask him about this. No. But no. what I will also say is other action: the Toronto Maple Leafs 
boy, oh boy, did they look like they were going to lose their opener to the Montreal Canadiens, which was going to look just great yeah. for posterity. But they yeah. pull it out. They beat the Canadiens, and they move to 1-0 on the season. So we've seen some early hockey action. We've seen a blowout. We've seen a close we game. We already have a suspension possibly happening for uh, Gabriel Landeskog. You know what? Uh. I didn't actually see what happened. I only <laughs> oh, kind of saw the, the, the aftermath of it and kind of the reaction to it. And I was like, eh, you know what? I'll let Cameron show me when I get to his uh, house He kind of He kind of checked a guy who was already – uh, on the ice, like they had one foot on the ice and were trying to get up, and then well, he's uh, celebrating that eight-year contract ex- extension in grand style, isn't he? Sure. Yeah, let me flip this laptop around. Oh, geez, I probably should have it hooked up correctly. But all right, so what do we got here? We have Gabriel Orlandiscog. I think is that with him with the puck? It looks like it is. Uh, all right, he's getting kind of chippy into the board. There's a hit on Yamers. It happens. It happens like mid-ice here. You'll see. You'll Let's see. Let's see. Look, he falls down. Right okay. There. Yeah. All righty. Boards him. Boards yeah. him the whole nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not only is you're the player kind of sliding. You're already up 4-2 with three minutes left. Yeah, that's yeah. unacceptable. Completely, so, completely unnecessary. You know, it's not even the fact that it's like just a dirty hit. It's just like if I'm the head coach of the Avalanche, it's like, dude, why? We're going to win this game. Yeah. The dude's sliding on his knees. You know that that's a no-go zone. There you go. There you go. And slow. Here, here's here's the better angle. Was he upset? Was he I don't angry? Know. Look right here. I mean, what's the need? I mean, that's a lot of force that he's pushing that guy into the boards with. And he's already on the ice. Like, again, I'm I'm a Gabriel Landeskog fan. I just, you know. I like Gabriel Landeskog, too. It's not a good play. It's a dirty hit. It's a dirty hit. There's no need Um, for it. But, yeah, we have everything this first week of NHL hockey. Absolutely. And you know what? Let's just – so let's dive right into with the Philadelphia Flyers. They are not going to have, as you mentioned, Rasmus Ristolainen. They are not going to have Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Hayes. So what do we realistically expect out of this team out of the gate? Well, here's the thing. I believe that if we're to accept this team as a playoff contender, a team that should be in the playoffs this year, they should beat the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow. They have, in theory, the better goalie. They're supposed to have the better offense, and they're supposed to have a more improved defense. So why wouldn't they win tomorrow? Yeah, why wouldn't they look better? Yeah. You, uh, Our Twitter tweeted out something about the athletics projections for yes. the season, and I retweeted it, and I said I'm not high on the team. And honestly, I didn't see enough from the preseason that makes me believe this team is going to all of a sudden come out and they're going to be the team that we need them to be in order to think that maybe they could take it a step further this year. I didn't get that impression. I saw an offense that really couldn't generate that much outside of Cam Atkinson scoring off of these opportunities that would come off of turnovers or just loose pucks in the neutral zone. The defense looked a little bit better. I won't say that it didn't. I like Ryan Ellis. I yeah. thought Travis Sanheim The puck movement good. from the blue lines was a lot better. Ivan Provorov yeah. looked good, and mm-hmm. Carter Hart, all for all intents and purposes, looked good in the preseason. But yeah. you need an offense, and that was the biggest problem I had with the Flyers last year, With even with the failing defense and even with the failing goaltending. The offense was just so boring so boring and i just didn't see that much i went to the game against boston on monday and i just didn't see that much i counter you this the new york islanders offense is boring too it is boring it is but you know i'll the, counter I, you that but they also are one of the best four checking teams in hockey and generate right. a lot of turnovers and a lot of chances yeah and well i think that's what this team's going for that's, i think that's what they're going and for. if that's what they accomplish then i believe the goals will come yeah I have to see it to believe it first. Right. And so I just have not seen it at this point. So as a result, right now, I'm just kind of like in a meh feeling about this team. I, I'm worried that this will be a disappointing season. I don't want it to be a disappointing season. So at this point, wh- wh- where are you at? No, I think you're more than justified for being like middle of the pack because we don't know. Like, yeah, they made big acquisitions. We think it's going to be better, but we don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, we don't know if Rasmus Ristolainen is really going to be, you know, he's going to change his, his entire gameplay coming into this season. We don't know if that's going to happen. 
Um, we don't know if Ryan Ellis is really going to keep this this consistently good form that he showed in preseason all throughout the season. We don't know if Carter Hart is going to be able to maintain his confidence throughout the entire season. And if he doesn't do well, uh, and they start having to rely on Martin Jones more, he didn't look that great either. No. Um, now, granted, he started looking better toward the end of preseason, but still, um, no, I, I, you know, I that don't. Ideal I don't... That that in the idea that um, that Martin Jones might start thirty-five games. Right. You don't want that. No, you don't. And so, yeah, I don't. I don't really blame you at all for being hesitant. I think they're better than what the athletic had them projected at, but they're in a really tough division. They're in a really tough division. They've been in a tough division for a long time, and it's going to be really difficult. Uh, to be able to beat out a lot of those teams, even Pittsburgh. I mean, we're all talking about Pittsburgh, and they're not going to be. You know, we've talked. You know, talked a lot of shit as we always do in regarding the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> um, but they looked very good uh, the other night. Against very the, good against the two-time defending champions. Yeah, it wasn't a scrub team they played. And granted, it's only one game. We'll see what happens. You know, they might they might not do well. But again, they look very good without without Evgeny Malkin and Chris, uh, Sidney Crosby. So that's that's not ideal because if they come back, they're going to look even better, presumably. Um, yeah, I mean, and not to mention all the other teams in their division that are all good. I mean, Carolina, good team. The Islanders, great team. Uh, Rangers the New York Rangers, the, uh, a scary good up. team. Um, the Washington Capitals still looking like they're not going to go away. Mm-hmm. They won their game last night. Yeah. Uh, and Alex Ovechkin, I, I, I don't remember who it was that said it. I saw the Flyers Alley tweeted that somebody said in a podcast that Ovechkin's not going to get over 30 goals. That's just crazy. Yeah, I'm just gonna go like they, and they brought up they brought up Father Time, and I'm like that's a fair argument, but he was on pace for like in a full season 48, 50 goals last year. Like, Again, he doesn't show any signs of slowing so, down. So the, what right now? And he what, had a multi point night last night. All respect to Flyers Alley, but like they're kind of betting on. Well, they were just retweeting what was said. They weren't. They were just like, wow, look at this. They weren't like. I don't think they I were throwing their fair. ring in the hat. It was just well, more of like, look at this hot take, and it's like that is a hot take. So here, here's what I'll respond to that hot take. We're going to bet that Alexander Ovechkin, because of father time, is just going to have a massive dip in production out of nowhere when he has not shown any signs of dipping production. Right, right. How can we bet on that? Like I get what they're saying. Like oh, he's getting older, and it's just like yeah, he is. But but he's still. Yager was getting older, and he was still putting up 20 goals a year before he went to Russia, and he's still doing well, not great, but There's plenty still. of examples of old players being c- continuing to dominate even into their lead. And by the way, right. Alexander Ovechkin is not out of his prime yet. No. He's not. He still has probably another year or two of dominance, followed mm-hmm. by another three to five years potentially of still really good production, maybe not peak Ovechkin but even not peak Ovechkin still still, 30 goals still 30 goals before you finally (laughs) dip to like you know the final days of I don't know who's a good example uh John LeClaire when he only scored like you know 15 goals a season yeah like Vinny LeCavier Vinny LeCavier yeah yeah. so Ryan Ellis during the media today during media press conferences said there is an intense belief in that room that we can do something special which I think that's cool. You know, maybe they can do something special. Yeah, a lot of them are saying that. A lot of people are saying how the the chemistry in the locker room is outstanding. Um, I, Av has this great mindset of like, I I know what we have, we know what we have here. Saying and we're a playoff is one team. thing, right? Doing is an entirely different thing. Right. Uh, we do have some games tonight. Montreal will be playing Buffalo. Toronto will be uh, traveling to Ottawa. Pittsburgh will be taking on Florida. Florida's an interesting team this year. You know, they had that mm-hmm. great year last year. We'll see if, you know, that's the one thing they kind of struggle with is being great year to year. They yeah, never they locked have in. Uh, they locked in Barkov as well. Uh-huh, they He's did. A, Speaking of being locked into contracts, uh, Matthew Kuch- or Brady yeah, Kachuk. Yes. 
seven-year contract with yes. the Ottawa Senators. $57.5 million for the young Ottawa star. Good for my fantasy team. I don't know if I like the contract, though. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. He has a lot of upside, so it might be fine. But at the same time, he's really only played two or three seasons. And he looks good, but not outstanding. A good me. player. Uh, is a, gr- a, a good player. A franchise player? Potentially. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I don't uh, know about an elite player, and that's an elite contract. That is an elite contract. That, I mean, think about it. They gave him more than the Flyers gave yeah. James Van Riemsdyk, and Van Riemsdyk at least had the goal production to back up to some of that contract's justification. Yeah, and he's good. Don't get me wrong. Like He's he's he, very good. I'm not he, trying to say he isn't. He has the upside. It could work out really well for them. I'm just saying, as of right now, who, it's just like, ooh. Who would you rather have, Brady or Matt, at this point? Oh. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wish Matt Kachuk was a Philadelphia Flyer. I would say Matt, yeah. I love Matt. I would say Matt. I mean, they're both pretty solid. But, yeah, I would say Matthew Kachuk. Um, yeah, but it's another contract, as everyone has said on Twitter, starting to become just like a copy pasta at this point. You know, like, man, that Sean Couturier contract's looking better, better and, better and better every day. Nick Suzuki signed a big one, too. Ryan Pollock for the Islanders. Yeah. Eight-year contract. I mean, everyone's just getting locked and up And all right of them now. are getting paid more than Coots, and it's just like, dude, this is crazy. Well, what's Let's even more amazing is the – I mean, it makes Chuck Fletcher look even better. He got that contract out of the way because he knew these contracts were coming up, and he's like, you know, if I wait – oh, man, if I wait, yeah. that, that number's going to go up. When we – the day before the contract was signed by Couturier, you sat here and you said it'd be generous for Couturier to give us $10 million. Yeah. You called him a $12 million player. He got him for eight. Yeah. Not eight. even. Not even. Yeah. So what was it, 7.8? Something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. They get him for 7.8. Sean Couturier is one of the top two-way players in the NHL and is probably a top three two-way player in the NHL. Yeah, in terms with, of his uh, win above of, replacement, he's, I think, top five. Crazy. Yeah. Only like Brett or Patrice Bergeron and guys like Nathan McKinnon and and maybe Connor McDavid rank above him. It was uh it was Austin Matthews, McDavid, and I think Mark Stone. Mark Stone, that's some good company to be in. Yeah, Mark Stone is extremely underrated as well. So, I agree. Yeah, another guy. Uh, but yeah, so contracts are flying around the world right now in the NHL, and uh, so let's talk about let's talk about some other things that are happening. You know, obviously with the start of the hockey season, there comes all these expectations and all these new joyous moments. But let's talk about... Yeah, 7.75 AAV for uh, Sean Couturier. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Let's talk about the expectations for Carter Hart this year. Yeah. He had a save percentage that is likened to my grade in media writing class uh, sophomore year. 87.5. Eh, okay, that's good. For not grade. for a goalie. But for a goalie in the that's, NHL? That's, that's not good. A goalie in soccer, that's elite. But a yeah. goalie in the NHL, no. Especially one that is supposed to be. That's not a starter. No, that's even. that's arguably not a backup. Yeah. So let's talk about what do we need to see. What kind of numbers do we want to see from Carter Hart this year? Not even in win-loss total, because I don't know how many games he's going to end up starting. No, and I think win-loss total is also kind of misleading. Not exactly. Yeah, it's misleading for a goaltender. It's kind of um, like a pitcher's win-loss total. we got to see that ERA, man. Yeah, I mean, I want at minimum a 9-1-5. At minimum. At minimum, and I need, I honestly, I need a 9-1-5 save percentage, and at minimum, I need a 2-5-0 GAA. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll take that. I need, I don't need him to be Vesna. I need him, though, to be a... Il- do I need? No, I need him to be a great goalie. I need him to be a that's great. That's pretty goalie. much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Because that's what he's supposed to be. Um, he's supposed I, to be the best Flyers goalie prospect we've had yeah. in heck since Hextall. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know. and uh, yeah, he. I've been reading the Athletic a lot this week, and they had a, you know they had all these tiers. 
they had tiers of the top 100 players, they had tiers of the goaltenders, all this stuff like that. And I think they had him in like the third tier. And pretty much a lot of what it said is like he has the skills to be a great goaltender. But as of right now, where he stands exactly right now at this point, his career is going to go one way or the other. It's either he's going to become that great goaltender he's supposed to be, or he's not. It's not great, and it's though. right now that it's going to happen. It's not great, though, that we're already off to the start of Rasmus Ristolainen missing time. Ryan mm-hmm. Ellis is coming off an injury, and he'll play tomorrow. But, you know, hopefully he's all good to go. We need Ivan Provorov to have a bounce-back season. There's a lot of – there is a lot of moving parts to this team. I love how happy and excited Flyers fans are, and they think this team could be something. There's I, a I lot. Do. There's a lot that does have to break right, though. Though for this team, it does. Team. It does. Like I do. I I expect them to go to the playoffs. I, I, it might be a wild card entry. Maybe like a a, a second wild card entry. Yeah, but can can you win a play? Are they a playoff winning team? Can they win a series? Was the 2010 team a playoff winning team? I listen. You know, I'm not going to get into this talk because everyone's going to accuse me of it. But I thought they were a great team going into that playoff stretch. And I thought they were better than the Devils. And I remembered being outside in my backyard after the shootout win over the Rangers saying, I'm really excited we got New Jersey because we're going to kick the crap out of them, I think. Right. Maybe it's because of how we had played them throughout the regular season, but I just wasn't afraid of New Jersey. But I'm just saying, like, think about that team, right? And then think about the 2012 team. You thought Everyone, everyone thought the 2012 team was going to be a great playoff team. I thought they were going, especially after Pittsburgh, I thought this team is cup bound. So you don't really know. No, you don't. It's about how hot can you be at the end of the year. Yeah. The 2015-2016 20, Pittsburgh Penguins are a great example of that. Yeah, and they that's, were, that's They were kind of meddling. They were actually in the wild card discussion like late in the year with Philadelphia, and then they won 15 of their final 16 games. And all of a sudden, guys like acquisitions like Phil Kessel really started to pay off a little bit. And that hot, you know, that hot streak they rode into the playoffs ended up with them beating the Nashville Predators in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, now so, one of the guys I think really needs to step up for that to happen um, I, we have already mentioned Carter Hart, those kind of guys. Travis Konechny, too. Um, people Glad are saying you mentioned he's, him. Glad you mentioned him. He's in the best physical shape he's been in in his career. Um, he's now a father, so I don't think the mental aspects of the game are really going to be weighing on him as much. Um, but, yeah, so he's to me he needs to become that 30-goal scorer they need him to be. And the one one person I'm not worried about is Joe Farabee. I'm not worried about Joe Farabee. I'm not worried about Joel Farabee either. He's one of the guys I'm really not worried about During at all. the preseason game I went to in Boston, uh, by the way, a uh, big thank you to uh, Sam uh, Sam Wismer uh, for taking me to that game. That was very nice of you to have done that. Um, the one thing I'll say is he got a lot of chances. He had a lot of chances. You know who else had a lot of His chances? His IQ, man. He knows where to be. Nicholas Albay-Cubell looked really good in that game. You love him. I mean, I, I'm riding the Nicholas Albay-Cubell train until that goes right in, over the edge. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, big shout-out to Samantha Wismer uh, for taking me to that game. I, yeah, if you need a fandom is information, that Sam, Sam's the person to follow, 100%. The fandom's not only that, but, like, just a, a really smart hockey mind, I think. Yeah. I, I, she really knows a lot of what she talks about. She has her she has her finger on the pulse of the Philadelphia – oh, my God, Philadelphia Phantoms, <laughs> if only – the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Mm-hmm. She is the host of the Phantom Spectrum um, – or Phantoms at the Spectrum, rather. I was reading the, the – uh, well, the, the tag, the, the Twitter the, handle, Twitter handle. Jesus yeah. Christ, I can't get that. She's also a writer for Flyers Nitty, so give her a follow. You know, great, uh, great insight with the. Uh, I almost said it again. Philadelphia Phantoms. Cut. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so there was another thing I noticed at that game that I wanted to mention to you. Okay. A lot of Flyers fans mentioned how great they were looking in that game, how they were controlling the pace of play. 
the Philadelphia Flyers A team, mostly their A team, was going up against a true, almost a complete true B team in the Boston Bruins. Yeah. They better have been playing that well against right. a B team, against right. the Providence Bruins, basically. Yeah. So take that game for what it was worth. Farabee had a lot of opportunities. That goalie that uh, Boston had, he's really good. But, like, I just – you can't read into that. When the Flyers scored, I would just put my arm. I'd be like, all right, cool. Right, you did what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Hell, allowing a goal I thought was was punishable by execution. I think it's a little bit extreme, but, yeah, I feel you. It was I get a, your It point. was a defensive breakdown that made me so mad. It wasn't even the fact that it was on hard. It was just a bad defensive breakdown. Yeah, yeah, which was the problem for a lot of last year. And, yeah, it's... and Sanheim is going to be paired with Braun to start the year. How do you feel about that? I can't like I like Braun's, I don't Braun's I didn't necessarily fine. love Sandheim with Ristolainen to be fair. So, I don't know I don't mind it. I I I don't mind it. When you look at when you look at Sandheim's breakout ability, he's very very good. Um one of the best in the team at getting the puck out of the zone, believe it or not, when you look at the stats. Uh and I think that Ristolainen helps him with that. So, I think like again, neither one of those guys, you know, really really warms my soup. Um, if you will, Warms my by themselves, soup. but together, <laughs> I think they'd work really well. Uh, but yeah, so him with without him with Justin Braun, and again, Braun's fine. I just I just think Sandheim really needs to have the right partner. He needs to have the right partner with him. And well, so, I don't think Justin Braun is that guy. And you know, 2019, he had a breakout, Phil Myers, and those two mm-hmm. looked like they could be just the best of the best when it came to the defense. Yeah, and then pairings. last year, like Provorov, both he and Sandheim, Provorov remained on the first, Sandheim remained on the second, and they had rotating doors and in partners. And both of them suffered because mm-hmm. of that. So in terms of the line combinations for that went out today on practice, it was Giroux, Couturier, Konechny, Farabee, Brassard, Atkinson, Lindblom, Lawton, JVR. I'm putting Lindblom with JVR, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> uh, Wilman, Thompson, Albe, Kubel. Uh, Wilman is a call-up, you yeah. know, obviously with the with the injuries that are going around. Defensively, you had Provorov, Ellis, Sanheim, Braun, Sealer, and then Keith Yandel. Uh, Yandel's going to be kind of an X-factor on defense because if this core is going to solidify, we need that third pairing to be reliable. And Keith Yandel, whoever his partner is, he's got to be reliable out there. Yeah, I thought in the game against Boston – and again, I didn't watch too too much of Keith Yandel specifically, but from what I saw, I thought that he had you know some speeds to him still. Like he wasn't too too slow, but you clearly don't want him out there against a team's top unit because God, he can have his he can have circles run around him. Yeah, I mean he's he's old. I think yeah. his biggest upside is the power play. He's a great power play coordinator. Uh, so I think that's really kind of what they're they're getting big with him. That's what makes me excited about him is that you know the power play and special teams in general struggled. Yeah. For the last couple of years, to be honest with you, um, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be a big part in, in improving that. But no, I agree with you in terms of you know having a lockdown defenseman. Uh, not confident in Yandel per se, but you know, but and that's he just is what he is. That's he's thirty eight, thirty nine years old. He's I mean, so old. yeah. So it's, to it be is what fair, it is. they're supposed to have two shutdown defensemen yeah. in Provorov and in Ryan Ellis. Yeah, and apparently the puck moving between those two throughout the preseason, everyone kind of lauded that. Everyone thought that looked great. It does. It it does. So let's yeah. go with our bold predictions for the season, Cameron. You go first, and then I go. I mean, like I said, I expect them to make the playoffs, but I expect it to be a wild card entry because of how tough the division is. My bold prediction for this team: Joel Farabee, thirty-five goals on the season. 
Oh, you, you meant like spe- not with the team specifically? Oh, okay. I'm talking like breakout player or underwhelming player. I'm oh, I get behind Joel, that. Joel Faraby, 35 goals on the season. I get behind that. 35 goals and 30 assists. I would definitely get behind that. Um, oh, damn. Okay, I wasn't ready for this. I know. I was. Uh, I meant to mention it to you, but I was doing an orientation. <laughs> that orientation took forever. <laughs> yeah, the problem. Mine probably would have been related to Faraby. Uh, so you kind of stole mine a little bit there. Stole it a little <laughs> bit, uh, and that's totally fine. But to be fair, I will always credit Cameron with he he called it from a mile away how good Joel Faraby was going to be. I do his rookie season. I just. He was always there. He was always there in the right spot. And I was like, this kid, when he catches up to the speed, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm like, you're, 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 you're everyone's Italian uncle who gambles too much. I'm telling you, kid, <laughs> that he's going to tear it up. But no. Um, Killing your mother. Uh, Carter Hart, 920 save percentage. 920. Yeah. Man, that, sound, that sounds close to Vesna territory for me. Yeah. It, it, it might blow up my face. but I don't think it will. I think that of all the bets to make – I would hedge my bets the most that Carter Hart bounces back this season. That's yeah, but for that to happen, the defense just has to be. It's hard for them. It's hard to fathom they could be worse than last year. But no, I think they'll be better. Will they be good enough? That'll be the question. Yeah, Flyers play the Canucks tomorrow. Cameron, how are you feeling about the game? I have the Flyers winning this one. Got off to the good start. I have them winning three to one. Yeah, uh, I would say three to two i think vancouver's pressure is going to be a little tough to deal with yep um especially with the you know the injuries on defense and all that but uh no i do think they're a better team than vancouver 100 so with that brings to an end this episode of the fly guys podcast big shout out to uh sam wismer again for the tickets i just wanted to make sure i gave her a thank you one more time big shout out to cameron klein flying solo last week when i was in harrisburg cameron you sounded great thank you it's the velvet voice that's all it comes down to Everyone that listened at work up in Harrisburg, because everyone wanted to hear what you sounded like without me, because oh, they yeah. thought, well, now that he's you know shaved off the fat, now we can finally hear who the who the true star of the show is. And everyone came away saying the same thing: Cameron Klein, the best voice that this podcast has to offer. And I couldn't agree Thank more. You. Thank you. Um, with that being said, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fly Guys Podcast, at Cameron Klein fifteen, and at Goodhart Justin. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be happy, be healthy, wear your masks, get vaccinated if you can. And, hey, I can finally say this is regular season hockey. Let's go Flyers.